Friendship, for example, is a real gift. It's an insane world. But in it, there is one sanity. The loyalty of old friends. You're the best friends anybody ever had. Alone, bad friend, good. Bubba was my best good friend. I had to make sure that he was okay. Friendship and family. These are things that matter. We just become best friends. Yep. Touch my friends again and I'll buy you. Thanks, Mike. You're my best friend here. Lose one friend. Lose all friends. Lose yourself. We ride together. We die together. Bad boys for life. That's what friends are for, right? Friends? Friends. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. If you're not over here in 15 minutes, you can find a new best friend. You've been saying that since the fifth grade. Welcome to the I Am Your Friend podcast. I am your host, Aiden Licker. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, my guest today is our friend, Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Aiden. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on. You, I feel like we're friends. We, yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he gets it. Um, no, I'm happy you're here. Uh, you're you're uh, a guest I, I've wanted to have on for a while, um, and uh, but you're usually halfway across the world. True. Uh, touring in the band Ice Nine Kills. Uh, recently just played with Metallica. Yeah. Yeah. Recently played with Metallica. Uh, recently um, just got back from Europe doing a couple other bigger festivals over there. And then we're going to be playing again with Metallica uh, in August here at Highmark Stadium. I'm going to wear a Bills jersey. That oh, fuck my yeah, dude. It, so. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm yeah. really excited. That's going to be like to date like the coolest thing that I have done hopefully not ever like I hope yeah. I do like cool things after that but that will definitely be like, I mean to date the coolest thing I've ever growing done. up a metal fan like it, that has to be like ultimate yeah. like you know yeah I mean the the, <clears throat> the Vegas show that we played with them was probably you know that's probably the coolest thing that I've done as of now sure and i think that the buffalo show is kind of going to take the place of it of course yeah it's happening in your hometown <laughs> yeah it's got at, at the bills football yeah. stadium. and like, like we're gonna we're on. gonna do pittsburgh with them a couple days after but that is that gonna I, be at heinz field uh pnc oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, oh fuck that's but cool. that's i mean and yes that's and you cool. throw fenway into that that's not like, gonna you know, that's just not gonna take the spot away from the buffalo show of course even though it's another show with them yeah did you get to meet them at all or uh yeah i met lars um who plays drums for metallica right and, and patrick plays drums for ice nine kills right so, so there's a little bit of a crossover there yeah, yeah yeah um it was funny he all the stories that we heard about metallica were 100 percent true like they kind of just like roll in whenever they want they're in their own golf carts like they're kind of just like these separate entities that yeah. exist the day of the show and we were walking to stage from uh, from the back of the arena where our dressing rooms were. And we were being like escorted to the back of the stage and going through where the buses and all the trucks were parked. And this golf cart comes up and I'm in the I'm in the back of this group that's walking. And this guy jumps out of a golf cart and stops me and Ricky and says, hey, um, I was just on my way to your dressing room to meet you guys. I play drums for the last band. The and, last yeah, band. Yeah. And we were like, yeah. We know who you are. Yeah. Lars Ulrich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah of even me. Like, I'm not even like a Metallica fan. Right. But like, like, you saw that guy. You right. know who he was. Exactly. He could, yeah. If he, that, that is one band that is like, I don't really, you know, I know the hits. Yeah, sure. Know? I, uh, <laughs> and it's, you know, they've got some big hits. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of hits that you probably know. You probably know more than I 25 realize. Metallica songs. Yeah. 
that could probably take up two albums worth of space in your head. Right. And they're all hits. Right. Yeah. See, maybe, maybe you can educate me on Metallica because like, I don't think I really could. Oh yeah. <laughs> are you not that big of a, I don't, I would never, I don't think I'd ever call myself like a huge Metallica fan. Oh, okay. I think I was. I just feel like I everybody who loves metal is like yeah. as the Beatles to you. you right. Know? I think I was a, a bigger Metallica fan when I was younger because it was kind of like, if you didn't know Metallica, then you weren't going to be allowed to be in the metal scene. Like That's I, what I'm I saying. saw Metallica yeah. when I was in middle school. My mom took me to go see Metallica. Yeah. And I feel like I was like, like crossed something off my list of, wow, I got to see Metallica Your pilgrimage when I was to a Mecca. kid. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, years and years later, as I got into, you know, more modern and, and like heavier metal music, realizing that like Metallica was kind of, you know, not of that genre anymore. Like right. Metallica wasn't really what I thought was metal anymore. Sure. Um, and that brought me to being like, well, Metallica, that's just like dad rock. That's not metal, dude. See, like, that's kind of like suicide silence. Right. dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. See, that was kind of always my view of Metallica is I was like, enter Sandman like that fucking don't sleep with one eye open man like are yeah. you kidding me like that's who we're <laughs> you know but then I because I worked with a bunch of guys that were like huge Metallica guys sure um, as any like white guy from the suburbs who's in their fucking 40s is you know right um, so they were like oh, yeah, that's the worst fucking song like you know like and then they're like you gotta listen to this and, and I'm like I'm never gonna do that man like I'm not uh, like well we we were really afraid playing that show that Metallica fans were going to be like, fuck this man. Who are these pussies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we all, you know, our new thing on stage is we're all like kind of like decked out in suits. Like we're kind of like clean, clean cut from the new album. And Lars even said like, hey, you guys like, you guys look really good. You guys look really sharp. Um, Really awesome that you guys are playing with us. And I was like, what, you don't have a, a, your own tailor here? And he was like, no, we actually do have a tailor. Nice, there it is, yeah. Okay, and 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 uh, him and James Headfield actually ended up watching our whole set from side stage, and Ricky, who's stage right playing guitar, is someone who is kind of oblivious to a lot of the things that are going on around him. <laughs> and that's just like a well-known fact. Like yeah. that dude is like one of the smartest dudes I've ever met, but he would leave the house without his shoes on and just be like, "Well, where are my shoes?" Yeah, um, that's he had no idea. Guitar player thing. I he think. had no idea that they were there, and he was like fucking around side stage and like pointing at him and like like goofing off and i was like you had no idea that that was james and lars yeah. watching us that whole time <laughs> damn dude that's nuts i mean that's probably better right that, that he didn't know, know? Yeah. yeah 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 but we, we were afraid that that we were going to be like kind of this odd the odd band out which is funny to say because it was us greta van fleet and metallica so like i didn't know already, greta van fleet was on there too yeah damn. so already the dichotomy between the three bands was already like pretty pretty out there so the fact that there were metallica fans that are also greta van fleet flans fleet flans i got you i'm just gonna call them flans i like Uh, that that should be what they're called (laughs) the the fact that that was already a thing kind of eased my nerves into being like well maybe they're a little more open-minded than i thought that they would be and uh our response was Absolutely incredible. So sick. We didn't get any beer bottles thrown at us, yeah. or tomatoes or pies or anything. Um, were there? I mean, I have to assume there were also like Ice Nine fans there. Uh, yeah, there were. Uh, the only thing is that we got added to this show in 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 February in Las Vegas after it had already sold out. 
So our like Ice Nine Kills fans didn't get the opportunity right. to buy their own tickets to the show. If an Ice Nine Kills fan was already coming to the show, then they would choose to wear you know an Ice Nine Kills shirt or something, right? Um, which is going to be the difference between that show and these two that we're playing now. Yeah, because they were already announced. In advance, yeah, now yeah. It, now it's like Ice Nine Kills fans are like, oh my gosh, we can go see them yeah. in a stadium with Metallica. You know, now our like actual fan base, I feel like, will be able to uh, to come out and and really show, um, especially like you know the Metallica and the Greta Van Fleet camp. Yeah, you know those guys actually like. Hey, maybe it was a good choice to put these guys on these. Totally, shows, you know? yeah. That's a good lineup too. Those, yeah, those three bands is very different. It's very yeah. different, and I'm but so, it all works. I know, and, I, and I'm just so into it because I'm so used to playing these tours that are, you know, and you know, no disrespect to the tour that we just did and and the tours that we're doing upcoming with Black Veil Brides and Motionless and White. You God know, damn. these three bands are like. If you're an Ice Nine Kills fan, you're probably a Motionless and White fan. You're probably a Black Veil Brides yeah, fan. Yeah, totally. Like, oh, and yeah. it's we're playing to a lot of the same, a lot of the same fans, a lot of the same kids, a lot of the same people that are coming out, um, and the diversity kind of w- w- has been a little lost um, with these lineups that we've been doing, just because it's all you know, it's it's kind of in the same world, the same realm, where you put us with Greta Van Fleet, and all of a sudden you're opening up this door to this magical land of led zeppelin that like nobody (laughs) that people come and and enjoy us and it's it's so cool to have that crossover yeah i mean it's it's every the demographic i was referring to earlier of all the metallica fans that i know of these guys in their 40s also absolutely like the if the venn diagram of metallica fans and greta van fleet is a circle you know what i mean like they also love greta van fleet which is so weird because they're two completely different bands right it's it's almost like surprisingly open-minded yeah but it also makes sense because Greta Van Fleet sounds exactly like Led Zeppelin, exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I feel like there is a pipeline probably yeah. from Zeppelin to Metallica. Yeah, lots of people who would call both of them metal bands yeah. for some reason. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember hearing the song Cashmere mm. by Led Zeppelin and being like, this is a metal song. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like Jimmy and, Page is like, you know. And Bonham kind of like... Uh, made that whole world yeah. of playing double kick with one foot and all these doubles on doubles fills. Right. You know, that nowadays metal drummers, it's bread and butter to them. So it's definitely, there's definitely that influence there. And I get that all the time when people are like, who are your influences on drums? Who are your favorite drummers? And I don't say somebody like Bonham or Neil Peart or like yeah. all these, like, you don't listen to Rush? And I'm yeah. like, no, I don't listen to Rush. Everybody in my band listens <laughs> listens to Rush. And I just, I don't get any, like none of that inspires me to dude, play drums. Um, yeah. Because I listen, and the modern metal, like dudes that I toured with 10 years ago, that when I was 18, I was touring with 19, 20 year old drummers who were better than me. Doug Court from, from Rochester, Sirens and Sailors, and uh, uh, Aaron Oveca from Lancaster, all these dudes from Lancaster that were playing in August Burns Red and This is the Apocalypse in Texas in July. All these dudes were not that much older than me, but way better than me, but nobody knew who they were. So if I'm telling, you know, my dad's friends who I yeah. like on drums and I go, well, Adam Gray. And they're like, <laughs> that's not John Bonham. And I'm like, right. yeah, I know it's not. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel that for sure. Because a lot of like when post prom started, like that was like our thing was like, we loved we just wanted to be like the most Buffalo band we could be. Like we loved the Buffalo. <laughs> like we first of all, like going back to like we love the Goo Goo Dolls, right? <clears throat> we love Every Time I Die. Not that we sound anything, but you know what I mean? Right. Like we just like, we loved Penimento. I can see mountains, like the traditional, all the fucking like 
Buffalo emo hard Jays and Bricky bands. All the Jays and Bricky bands, yeah. That's why my forearm is tattooed the way it is, yeah. Um, But yeah, that's exactly what we wanted to be. So it was like, I I feel that, that like, you know, when people are like, who are your influences? I'm like, my buddy Matt. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know? Like, who's your favorite band? It's like, I don't know. I saw him play at like the Sportsman's two days ago. Right, right, yeah. You won't know who they are, I promise. Try me. I'm like, Okay, Grant McFarland. You yeah. ever heard of him? It's like no. It's a fucking sweet it. name. I don't know. Real guy. Uh, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're watching the video podcast, if you look closely, there's a drumstick up here um, that Patrick was doing a live feed <clears throat> one time uh, for a bunch of Ice Nine Kills fan, and I just happened to pop on, uh, and you were giving away drumsticks. And yeah, like, that was for um, that was my 24 hour yeah, live stream for Elise. For Elise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I gave away like 17 drumsticks for people that could answer trivia questions. And I think I got the first question. Uh, you and you and I remember you, you being like, are you serious You right 100% now? did. And yeah. I was like, great. Now I'm going to have to mail my friend Aiden a drumstick. Yeah. yeah, and you did. And I appreciate it. And I forgot about it until I cleaned out my closet the other day. And uh, I was like, that's oh, really that's cool. got to go up on the wall. Yeah. I love it. I love so, that I'm part of it. Yeah, these are all, uh, you know. This is my friend Jenna did. I don't talk about these things on the wall much, but uh, Jenna Catalinish did this one. Uh, my friend Hannah did that one. Um, this was a photo taken at the protest by Mike Silvestri. Mm. Uh, and then that's, you know, Oxford Pennant. So I try to just keep the theme going. I, like um, I did have a Tom Segura poster up for a while, but it didn't look good on the camera. So I took that. it also didn't go with the theme. So <laughs> Tom Segura doesn't look good on camera. <laughs> well, the, the picture didn't. It didn't make any sense. If you watched, go back and watch some episodes, you'll see there was a, you're like, oh, you should have taken that down. And yeah. who's that? Um, that's a guy named Rob Smith. Oh, yeah. Wow. Bob, yeah, you know, Bob my, Smith. My yeah. my stepfather's name is Robert Smith. Is it really? I swear to God. Damn. Does he like the Cure? Uh, no. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a big. Be- he's the biggest Beatles fan. I though. work with a guy named Robert Plant. Come on. Yeah, but he goes by Bob. Bob Plant. Yeah. Yeah. Big Led Zeppelin fan. Uh, I don't. I if I have to imagine, no. <laughs> if I grew up, you know what I mean. Like if my name was like Paul, fucking Paul McCartney, I feel like I would hate <laughs> the Beatles. You know what I mean. Just because of how often everybody has to say that. Like, I knew right away when I met that guy that I was like, I'm not going to say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't fucking say it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, that's crazy that, um, I mean, you've been touring since you were 18, you said? Correct. Yeah. And playing, I mean, so at that time, what was like the band that like brought you to success? Was that Affiance? Affiance. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um. I met Affiance back in probably like 2007. Um, they had come to Buffalo to play a show with a band that I was the vocalist of at the time um, called Storming the Shore. I feel like I remember that. Um, shout out to Jake and Joe Roche and uh, Chris Minnie. Oh, wow. I didn't know Chris Minnie was even a music guy. I just follow him on Twitter and we talk sometimes. Chris (laughs) Minnie and I have been playing music together since we were in middle school. No way. I don't really know him. I just, we follow each other on Twitter and we talk every once in a while. So shout out Chris Minnie. He's (laughs) definitely the dude that we discovered. We discovered our love for metal together. Oh, that's awesome. At the same time, um, you know, sitting up in my bedroom with a drum set and a guitar and like him learning how to like chug you know, yeah. and like learning, like we should like write a breakdown. Right. Like, I grew up with a kid, uh, my buddy Neil, 
who he lived behind me when I lived in South Buffalo. And he was like, I always wanted to play music. My dad plays music. Like a bunch of my family are musicians. So like it was, I was just always naturally drawn to it. And I met him and he played the drums. Um, but he loved like Christian hardcore bands. Yeah. Um, so he got me into a lot. Like he introduced me to like for today and like under oath and yeah. you know, all that, that shit. Was so a big, a big, uh, me getting into heavier music was your under oaths and your, um, as they dying yeah. and, and stuff like that. Haste the day. Yeah. He got, he showed me terror. Terror was like the first heavy band I ever listened to because of him. And, uh, but we would like, he didn't have a drum set like he had like a place to go practice because i played i think he played drums like for his church mm-hmm. yeah and so like he had a so place was, to go there was drums but, like at his there. house he didn't have anything so i literally didn't know how to play guitar yet but we wanted to do something so i just had an acoustic guitar that was probably had five strings on it didn't know how to tune or play or anything and he took one of those classic five string acoustic guitars (laughs) yeah he had that every guy who wanted to play a guitar at some point has in the corner of their room that just collects dust i think i probably have one yeah it's missing a high e string or a g string i don't play guitar yeah uh but he uh he i remember he had a tupperware container full of uh professional wrestling action figures that he would dump out and flip upside down and just play drums on that and i was just like open oh, strong tub. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> thought you meant he'd play on the action figures no 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 he used the tub he just emptied out the action wow. figures yeah but that was my that first you would see like on the street in new york where, yeah like a busker is playing a five-string guitar right but i was like yeah but i was like six and he was like <laughs> eight so like you know but that was like my first yeah we and we were like we were gonna start a band and the name was we were gonna call it easy failure easy failure yeah and, and uh it. Yeah, it didn't go anywhere. We literally never even did anything together. He recorded a For Today drum cover one time when I built like a makeshift drum room in my basement one time. That's the closest we ever got to collaborating. But then I met Alex Miskell when I was in seventh grade. Yeah, and we uh, we started a band together. That was my first band, like my first actual band that we actually played shows and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, And he, I mean, Miskell showed me fucking everything from, I mean, he showed me the starting line. He showed me a lot of like the drive-through bands and stuff and... um, yeah, that was like, you know, how I started playing. But Life changing. Yeah, it, it really did. And then, you know, when I was a freshman in high school, a day to remember came out with Homesick. And I remember like, I, I for some oh, reason. Yeah, I am a few years older than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 27. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I remember my high school was like very into like the post hardcore metalcore. Like it was huge really? in my high school. Yeah. Uh, because usually that's something that people like ourselves would have been made fun of in high school for yeah. listening to uh, heavier music. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I remember getting made fun of for listening to Linkin Park, like in middle school. Yeah. Uh, so it's crazy to me that See, you See, like had, me and all like my friends had, You had like Linkin an Park. entire, like, you know, like you're a group of people in a school that yeah. like, kind of were into it. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of like... So many, like there was a lot of outcasts that like you couldn't even call them outcasts because there were so many of them. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't say it was the majority. I mean, you had like, I mean, most of the school as any high school is, is like, you know, normies that just listen to top 40, whatever. Mm. And like, that's their, and hip hop and like, that's their thing. Um, But then you had like, you know, like a, a huge group of people that were like into like, I mean, they all kind of blended together of like pop punk, emo, metalcore, post hardcore, all that kind of shit. So um, yeah, I mean, I remember my band that I had with Miskel there, you know, when homesick came out, like, I remember everybody being like, we have to start a heavier band. Yeah, like have. pop punk is dead. This is the yeah, new we, thing. There has to, we have to put breakdowns of pop punk. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like the easy core thing, like sure. was just took off. Um, and I 
couldn't i was a vocalist and I, but i couldn't scream like i was like going through puberty i'm like i can't i can't do this man i only write songs about girls like i don't know how this works you know so uh so then they started uh their band which eventually turned into scenery with solace oh yeah yeah so that was like scenery with solace if you trace it back starts with wow my f- first band and then uh yeah uh, and then yeah and then they became a band called miss the mark and then they like changed a few things around me came senior with solace so like that's um, but yeah that genre was huge in my high school yeah. yeah that's that's awesome to have uh to have such a like larger group of people kind of be into that especially yeah in high there school. were multiple like bands that like competed really? at my yeah, high school that were me. like you know there was a few bands that were like heavier bands that like yeah. you know we didn't have that in we didn't have that in kenmore and that's why the the dudes that i was in a band with you know, me and Chris were really the only ones from Kenmore and, and the Rochers were from Lockport in the Starpoint area. And that's where, you know, Storming the Shore would play uh, and who, Storming the Shore, which eventually became For the Horde with Tommy Biter and, and Justin Moore and Jake that I eventually played drums in. You know, those were like the battle of the bands that we would play in were in Lockport at, in, at Starpoint with calamity from the skies and like a bunch of like, that's where all of like the heavier bands were, were out in Wheatfield for some reason. Um, you, there was nothing in Kenmore. Like me and Chris would have to drive out to Wheatfield every week to have band practice or me and Justin Moore would pick me up to go have for the horde practice out there. Uh, cause there was nothing like that in Kenmore. We played a uh, battle of the bands in West Seneca, my first band. Uh, and we lost, it actually was our last show, <laughs> and we. What, it, what a concept that if you lose, yeah, a, it wasn't. It just like happened. But to, I, but I would really like to implement. Yeah. if you lose a battle of the bands, you're done. Yeah, <laughs> we had been a band for like a couple years at the point, and it was just uh, that was at the point where they literally wanted to make heavier music, and yeah. I just like was not not that I wasn't about it. I just couldn't like. I was yeah. like, that's just not my like. I I've been playing guitar for you know, four years and I only know power chords and I learned Blink-182 songs and that's it, you know? So, um, but we lost to a band that did a bunch of sticks covers. (laughs) So that was, that was the most painful part. Yeah. I was like, God damn it, dude. It was terrible. That, uh, that first band that I was doing vocals in storming the shore was a band that I had to kind of like, I love that name. Oh, Storming the really? shore. (laughs) For like that era. Oh, sure. Yeah. For 2000 and and Uh, my first band was single file riot. Yeah, Miskel came up with that one. Single yeah. file, that it feels good. To it's say. a fun one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, I, I did. Think... That might be the best band name that I've of anything I was ever a part of. <laughs> Post prom's pretty good. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, bring I came up with you that. You should one, bring yeah. it back to single file. Right? Yeah. See if I you... should just change it to that. Yeah. <laughs> See if you still have the rights to it. Yeah. Well, I had to, uh, you know, kind of in the in the same band that you were talking about. Like, I had to kind of learn how to how to scream to be part of that band because our progression of the stuff that we were writing and the stuff that we were listening to kind of called for like, well, we're, you're going to have to scream at some point. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm going to just teach myself how to do it. Um, which is funny because that was the band that I met affiance in. And then I ended up becoming affiance's drummer, you know, three years later, where Um, was affiance based out of Cleveland. Okay. And, And they had come up to play a show that, uh, Gorilla Productions was putting on at a venue on Delaware near Chippewa. That was a venue for like two years. 
and the show got canceled before it even started. Oh, bummer. It was, it was one of these like pay to play uh, kind of guerrilla productions things. So I ended up meeting the Affiance guys. What year is this, you think? This is 2007. Okay. And um, so it was really before I started because I played, I think the first show I played like in Buffalo was X Wheels. X Wheels. 2008, probably. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was definitely when, I mean, 2007, 2008 was definitely when X wheels was like the place to, yeah, I remember the venue to play the, which is so funny because of how shot it was. It was terrible, but every tour package came through there and every local show played there. So it just became this haven of, uh, this is where you're going to see a show. This is where you're playing a show. This is where you're like going to play a show mm-hmm. uh, i saw a lot of sick shows dude, there. so did i and yeah. i probably played there i probably played at x wheels 50 times yeah like, no lie within in 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 12 years of playing at that place i probably played there 50 times. i played there quite a bit um i mean i when i was 13 the first show i played there yeah. which is nuts because like showing up there as a 13 year old was like whoa Dude, Intimid- I played i played diablo dude. when i was 14 i i played a couple of shows at club diablo <laughs> Dude, that one, that one was nuts. Yeah, I've heard some rumors of them trying to re. re I've heard it as revamp well. club because yeah. uh, the tea room closed. Yeah. yeah, and and whatever's going in there now is being sold again. So that's uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm for it. We could always use another venue, you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, we're short on them these I days. I mean, right now, as far as like places where touring acts can come. Rec Room and Mohawk. Rec Room, Mohawk, and then you have Town Ballroom. Right, if you can pull then, that, yeah. And then you have Riverworks. And then yeah. This, and then the arena. Like, it's tough, man. There's yeah. no um, there's no real, like... Mid-sized rooms besides mid- Rec Room. Yeah. yeah. And, and, dude, I, I... Man, I miss the waiting room. I the love waiting the waiting room. The room the fucking It was the best, coolest. Dude. I might get waiting the waiting room logo tattooed on my chest, like, big. <laughs> yeah. That place was the best. Really bro. big. I remember when they first opened it... <clears throat> I like didn't like it, but as it like a, a lot of people, I think had that um, that <clears throat> viewpoint because it wasn't Mohawk. It wasn't like the funeral home. It wasn't right. like this old. It wasn't an old piece of shit rundown yeah. place. It was this newer. Oh, like money's put into it. There's wallpaper. There's right. a bar. There's a stage. There's yeah. there's a, a good PA. There's like green rooms. Like people were like. Like what is this like sellout shit? It's yeah, like, no, I don't know. Like, I we need. I that. just remember not loving it at first, but then like as I, uh, yeah, as it went on, especially when they opened the upstairs. upstairs. Yeah, I was Which like, that, yo, this place uh, is awesome. The ticket booth, the sound booth, and the bar was built by the company that I was doing. Oh, cases oh you worked at Kent. Yeah, I worked at Kent for five years. I miss Kent. I know yeah. you probably don't, but I. Uh, <laughs> The day that we all got let go from Kent Custom Cases was the day that Einstein called me to play Warp Tour for them in 2018. Whoa, so like the silver lining. The bro, day I damn. lost the day I lost my job. You got a uh, career. Was, was a career. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty crazy there. Damn, dude, that's fucking sick. I don't much miss. <laughs> yeah, that I shop, just miss but. having a local case and like yeah. having connects. Like, yeah. dude, I got a an amazing road case made for my DeVille that's yeah. over there. And I remember, and like it got, I got hooked up on it and it was just like, and then like right after it closed. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like I, chances are I, I built like, that case. Yeah. Like, maybe. Yeah. I, mean, um, I, I, mean, I got I in the basement. We'll take a look at it after. <laughs> I'll see what the serial number on. Yeah, is, yeah. I remember all of them. Yeah. 
there's a bunch of Ice Nine cases that are still like before I was in Ice Nine, we built cases for Ice Nine that yeah. I still use for my drums now that I built for somebody else's drum set that I retrofitted to make mine fit in it. Yeah, it's a bummer that that because I thought I mean that was a great business. I it made sense. Uh, yeah, he flew a little too close to the sun. On sure, that one. sure. He yeah. was. It was almost like he was doing so well and had so many customers that we weren't able to he fulfill felt, orders fast enough mm. and then people started complaining and and re you know uh, uh mine to, took forever money back. oh yeah i'm sure it did yeah. because when you have a, a a company that's doing that much volume and that much good work but your um, uh, 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 staff list is only like eight guys. Right. You know, at some point you have to spend the money that you're making on more employees right. so that you could ultimately make more money. Yeah, it's, that's and, business. And, yeah, well, he didn't want to do that. Yeah. So, and so yeah. facto, you're all fired. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer, man. Because it was, dude, a great quality product. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, and I would have bought fucking seven more cases I mean, I from still him. see, I mean, uh, for all the years since... Since then, I, I started. I worked there from 2013 to 2018, and that whole time was still touring and was like getting getting guys to send in orders and like hooking people up. And I still, to this day, you know, almost 10 years later from when I started there, I'm seeing cases that I yeah. built 10 years ago because the quality was that good that yeah, they're was, still they're fire, they're dude. still on the road. You the know? custom colors and everything. Oh too, yeah, man, it was awesome. I mean, yeah. I couldn't believe that even the road cases that I'm still using made it through three warp tours yeah i just replaced the casters on my drum boats on this past tour yeah and they were still the original casters from i think 2000 uh, like 16 or something like that and man those things i've seen a lot but it was still rolling still yeah. it was still the case is completely fine it's crazy yeah that's sick though that's sick that you know right as that happened is when you got the call for oh warp yeah tours, so. it, it was definitely I mean, like a door closing and a window opening and i jumped out the window Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you're not going to say none of that. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, going back to like, you know, me when I was in high school, I feel like I just was like, I came up at the wrong time. You know what I mean? Where like I was this, I loved pop punk, but it was cause my older brothers loved pop punk. You yeah. know what I mean? Like my older brother, Danny showed me Blink-182 when I was five. It's crazy. You cause know? Danny doesn't really know bands. It's nuts, dude. It's nuts. Like he just was like, he knew like a song that he happened to be listening to. And I was walking, <laughs> like was walking by at our childhood home and me being like, you know, I like this. You know yeah. what I mean? I remember hearing uh, Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind for the first time when he was just listening to it, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy that that led me to become like this huge, like crazed Blink fan and pop punk fan just because yeah. like I heard one song. Right. But my brother Liam was also very into like, uh, he was very into New Found Glory and Take Mech Sunday and those kinds of bands. Yeah. So that was just like what I grew up with. But by the time I got to high school, started playing in bands like that wasn't cool anymore. Like I was in high school from 2009 to 2013. And like during that time, it was like post hardcore, metalcore. Like those are the big things. And like I remember going to my first warp tour in 2011. And 2011 maybe was like, you know, was when bands the the a new era of pop punk had started where you had like transit sure. and the story so far but they were like still new like it yeah, wasn't I mean, it was still august burns red headlining yeah man and i remember like yeah august burns red uh um bring me the horizon i remember black Veil brides motionless and white i remember seeing ice nine kills yeah. like on those bills yeah and just like just dominating that whole yeah. thing when i was in high school so it was <clears> like that was like a point where i just like felt very lost as a musician because i was like i just don't play this style and i don't have anybody who wants to make music like the music I want to make. You want to do. Yeah. Um, so 
I, yeah, uh, I guess I'm the op- like I guess I might have been fortunate then that the music that I was into was becoming more accessible and more yeah. popular as I was because I graduated in 2009. So even being those like four years ahead was as I graduated. <clears throat> instead so it all of, popped off, man. Yeah, and I I dropped out of college before I even went to join Affiance. Yeah, and I moved to Cleveland and <clears throat> wrote a record with them immediately and did our first. I mean, we were doing out of town shows for you know the rest of 2009 but you know did our first tour in 2010 like full u.s tour and you know that i toured with them until 2017 um damn and then took a year off and then got picked up by ice nine yeah wow i didn't realize that defiance was going that long yeah and <clears throat> to be honest we're still uh we just I went saw. through a little I was bring it up we went through a little name change a little identity change what's the new name again knight rider knight rider yeah. fire yeah, dude. And it's Fire. like kind of like this 80s synthwave metalcore yeah. feel. Well, um, dude, so you which guys... Which is huge, right? Yeah. Now. So we're kind of jumping on, like, again, like, hey, this is something that people are going to be into. Yeah. And we've been writing this music for a long time. Sick. And it's, like, kind of starting. People are, like, starting to Dude, Night Rider is so. Fire. Yeah. And I just I we just that. did two music videos um, so I saw a couple the, days ago. Yeah, I saw the uh, your TikTok of the... Um, running up the hill cover dude yeah and it's awesome yeah. bro if uh maybe i'll, I'll play it out of the episode <laughs> oh, a little sure. bit yeah <laughs> but yeah man check out how can people find that is um, that on youtube yeah yeah it's on uh it's on spotify and apple music and if you the search video sick though oh well so that's just like a little that is just a one minute thing that we made just for oh just for the spotify just for, yeah just what is for that called? The, uh, um, whatever it is yeah the uh canvas, canvas. Yeah, canvas. Why do I say it like yeah, that? Um, yeah, just for like the like Instagram and TikTok like content, but the actual song itself. Um, it's honestly very smart. On Spotify, <laughs> and if you, it's right now like the crossover. Like Affiance's Spotify is still going to be up and active because we have you know five records and, and yeah. you know a lot of listeners on there. So we kind of starting this crossover where the new Knight Rider stuff kind of says featuring Affiance on it. So okay, so it's on both it. profiles. So we can yeah. kind of get a little crossover to it, but the um, the actual Knight Rider record we've been writing for since like 2020 um, and is, uh, it's a really cool vibe. It's it's definitely like not as straightforward metalcore, more radio friendly, but also way more emotional and way more um, accessible for people to listen to, especially lyrically, because Affiance was always this like political, uh, you know, fight the man, yeah, like like very in the realm of of you know, fuck the government, yeah, and, like really telling people to like think for yourself and don't believe the lies right like, right you know do your own research Rage machine. Yeah. yeah yeah and it, so we were like so into that and after a while like dennis just our singer just like i want to write about my feelings at some point and like knight rider kind of became this thing where he's like like we're all kind of being able to like open up and and actually write music that is emotional and stuff that we can actually relate to that isn't just like fight the power Right, right, right. And it's like, no, I'm sad, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. I can write about me being sad. Like, yeah. you know, he had just gone through a breakup and like, it's like really, really emotional. And we had never heard anything like that out of him. And, uh, and it just helps so much that we're able to tune guitars down now. Cause everything, everything back when we were just doing metalcore was just like, all right, dude, like fucking drop D, drop C, guitar solo every song. And now it's like, well, let's play and drop F. And he doesn't have to sing so high all the right, time, right? And can like really actually convey emotions, yeah. Um, 
And I'm really, really into it. And I think people are going to be really, really into it too. Dude, that sounds awesome. I mean, dude, that running up that hill cover is fucking sick. I was and I'm super glad that so we... I, How did you get that? That was so quick. I know. Like and, that song well, became popular again a month ago. And and I know a lot of people like scrolling through TikTok. I mean, every other video on my For You page is a content creator or a singer or somebody doing a cover of that song. But I hadn't seen like a real full band cover of right. it yet. Um, so we had it done. Because that takes a while. I know. And, and I, exactly. Um, and nowadays it's getting easier and easier, and which is why like we were able to. Is it like know, a home recording? He uh, No, we did that with uh, with our producer, Danny, in Akron, Ohio, who did Affiance's last record and did the last two singles that we put out and is doing the new Night Rider stuff. Um, he has his own studio that Dennis basically goes to once a week to work on stuff. Oh, sick. Um, so the week that, that Stranger Things came out, Dennis texted us and was like, Hey, I'm working on something. Uh, you guys yeah. already know what it is. Yeah. Um, I'll send you guys it. And I was in, that's I, smart to get on that right away. I know He was on it right yeah. away. We were in, I was playing in Germany and I got the file sent to me. I programmed all the drums for it in Germany, just on our tour bus. Nice. Sent it back to him in a day. And then the next week we had it ready to go and had it set to release on the day that volume two of stranger things came out. So it really, the timing really did work out. Yes, yes. Phenomenal. Thank you, thank you. Phenomenal. That is, that's genius, dude. I always wanted to try to do shit like that, like catch on to a wave as soon mm-hmm. as it's coming. It's tough, man, because you got to do it quick. And yeah. just. And it's, dude, and the cover's the, so far. It's so thank good. Thank you. The amount of people that are able to just jump onto that stuff so quick, it. Blows my mind, It yeah. really does blow Human my mind. Human beings are how, amazing. How, it's crazy. How, yeah, how a a new fad or a new trend or a new song will pop off and you know within a couple days there will be people that are putting out really really good content that involves said song or said trend or said fad or whatever like the amount of vocalists that you see that are just doing bedroom stuff on tiktok and on instagram and that are able to just bust out covers all day long and just do this this I, i like I just wish that I had that time and the discipline and the motivation and the endurance to do that. Bro, same, man. <laughs> I know. I'm always like just too late yeah. on when I come up with the it's idea. Like, you know, it's not going to be worth my it thing for me too, to do this anymore. Yeah. My thing, too, is my last week my friend Sarah was on the podcast and I was talking to her about it. It's the same thing with me writing jokes. It's like and any sort of creative process I have, I'm very calculated in how I do it that yeah. like, I don't think like to do something that quickly. Like I like overthink it for a week before I decide to do it. Right. You know? And it's like, how can I do well, it? Cause you, cause you want it to be, you want it to be, you don't want it to sound like it's been rushed together. You exactly. don't want it to sound like you just yeah. did it and then just put it out. You want the quality to be good and you want people to, you know, recognize the fact that you put the work into it uh and are a professional and 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 can put out quality content like that yeah uh but sometimes it's just not the case like that that uh gasoline cover that my like solo project lowest put out i wrote like i arranged that that halsey cover in 2020 four years after she put out that song first of all arranged that and didn't have a real recording or version of it for another two years after that. Right. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> when just I like, I wish that I could have just in right. 2020 when I was home alone doing nothing because of the pandemic, wish I would have had the right equipment. Dude, that's and, what and, I'm like the saying, skill and like the knowledge bro. to use it. 
and to just be able to do it. But I, I had spent, to wait until I went to a recording studio. I spent my entire, I have a lot of this stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? Like of recording stuff, but I spent my entire like quarantine, like getting high. Like, <laughs> like I literally just smoked myself into oblivion. Cause I was like, there's no, we can't do anything else. So I just fucking smoked myself into oblivion and watched TV every day. <laughs> I, <laughs> I definitely tried to... Oh, fuck, I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> I definitely tried to, um, especially like at the beginning of, of the quarantine, was very um, avid on trying to become better at something or good at something or learn something new. Like, Hey, yeah. I'm going to read I mean, up. It seems like everybody was doing yeah. it and it almost like killed me because it was like, it, if I didn't become a natural at something immediately, I'm like, well, ah, I'm exactly. a piece. I suck at this. I was like, you know? I guess maybe I'll pick up like, I'll, maybe I'll pick up a sketchbook again. Yeah. Maybe I'll learn how to tie knots. Right. And it's like, no bro, you suck at so yeah. many things. Like you're really only good at a couple things. And those couple things I wasn't able to do because of the quarantine. Like I wasn't able to be on tour. Right. I was like, I find I like got us a, a practice space set up with a drum set, you know, in three months after, you know, the world had shut down, like in July. And then I had to figure out how to live stream, but, but you know, but my practice space doesn't have Wi-Fi because it's a shithole. Yeah. So I can't Twitch. So I had to do it on Instagram and it's like, well, Instagram sucks for live streaming, but I figured out how to make it work. Yeah. But, and, and, you know, I was trying to do all of these things and make people happy and like create content. Yeah, dude. But I just didn't have yeah. the right real setup to create right. the same content that other people were making. Yeah. So I just felt bad about myself most of dude, the time. Dude, <laughs> same, man. It was tough. And the thing was like the Instagram live stream thing is a great thing. Like when bands started doing that, I was like, fuck. Yeah. Like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I start doing it weeks later. I come up with a set you know what I mean I'm practicing the songs trying to make them acoustic like post prom yeah. songs I'm like alright I'm gonna do a live stream it's like well now you're competing with every fucking yeah. body else in the world who's doing it you know what I mean even so. Ice Nine's live stream was just a a show that we had professionally recorded earlier in two, or later in 2019 on our the headliner that we were doing we played this huge sold out show at the Worcester Palladium for like this Thanksgiving fest um, like biggest headlining show that we had played to date and we had like a film crew of like eight people and like I remember seeing shit about those, and yeah. it was just going to be it was going to be a live DVD that we were eventually going to put out but yeah. then once the pandemic happened we changed it into the live stream turned yeah. it into a live stream and then we filmed um, basically a, a horror movie around it and we had Bill Bill Mosley, yeah. yeah, Bill Mosley from Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses, all the Rob Zombie movies, was like this, uh, the host of this Zoom interview that we were doing, and then in each frame, each one of us gets killed Sick. in each frame, and it kind of uh, it introduced this serial killer that Spencer had this idea for that, in, you know, instead of us writing all of these songs about. Um, classic killers and slashers spencer wanted to create his own so this this live stream that we did introduced this character that then became the main character of the next album i love so it that all, it all kind of tied together but we weren't able to do an actual live stream concert we just took a concert that we played yeah six months earlier and, just live and streamed turned it, it into yeah. a live stream yeah a few things one the concept of the live dvd dude i that needs to come back but do you have a DVD player? <laughs> no, but just... So here's the thing. I, and I've been thinking about this for a while is... 
come up with well first of all i feel like apple music needs to jump on this because they have the video aspects sure where you could just go and purchase yeah you could, or it's just on your fucking profile Right. You know what I mean? Um, or you do it like you do a digital download on your website or right. you um, or, or like you come up with a video streaming service that is meant for bands, for live concerts, for doc- music documentaries. Like, yeah. dude, I've wanted. So I love that. Something shit. that could be like the 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 Netflix <clears throat> where you just get a subscription. And then on yeah. that is like, oh, did you want to watch shit happens? Right. It's dude, exactly. Want to watch the so there's the some of that. Of that ex- yeah. There is a platform that exists that I found. But it's like all like pop, A-list pop, like shit I don't care about. Yeah, you know what like I mean? the like Beyonce like, story. Right, right, right. right. Where it's like, it's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, it's like fucking James Taylor. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, I'm sure this is great, but it's like, I want to watch fucking, yeah, yeah, shit happens. Dude, I remember like, I had the Homesick DVD yep. from A Day to Remember. I used to watch that the all un- the time, the under, dude. The Under Oath DVD, the Seos yeah. DVD, the, the Story Blickley of The 2, DVD. Riding in Vans with Boys was fucking yeah. awesome. I loved that shit as a kid, yeah. dude. The, well, uh, I mean, Green Day had Bullet in a Bible. That I mean, that was basically like your at-home Fuse TV right thing where that's what like, i'm saying fuse tv needs yeah, to be needs a to streaming be a service because that yeah. is what made me want to that's the shit that made me want to be in a recording studio that's the right shit that made me want to do warp tour was watching dude these guys that i was like i want to be them and i'm not, saying not knowing that they were probably 20 years old and right. i was like i was 15 or 16 thinking that these guys were legends not knowing that they lived in a van not knowing that they were all piss broke not knowing that they like what life what the life that i wanted was actually like until i had it and realized like my heroes were were struggling yeah but they made it look so fun and that's why i wanted to do it and all the years that i ate shit and that i struggled doing this i was like huh there are people that look up to me like i am a fucking celebrity that i am like of course yeah a a d-list like celebrity where i i'm technically i'm homeless like right. what? like what yeah <laughs> like i i it's it's uh, we ate shit for so many years living in a van there is a point and where like even me like, and my vocalist lived in our practice space at yep. one point you know like it's it's not that glamorous but it's people that look at that stuff and know that's what i want to do even right. though it's look even though it sucks yeah yeah, dude, it's so funny how like, cause you know, I tour with Super American and I just did a little run with Spaced. I'm sure I'll do more with them in the future. So like, you know, I'm used to the the lifestyle, the grind. Yeah, and and I work from the road. Like yeah. I work my nine to five job from the road. Really? Yeah. So like, you know, and when people hear that, they're like, oh, that's great. Like that's you know, you have to have a blast. I'm like, it's fucking yeah. so hard. It's dude. work, dude. And I'm not Hardest even job I've ever had. I'm not even in the band. <laughs> I'm doing it because I believe in my friends yeah. and I love and like, you, and you love being on the road. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, it is fucking yeah, hard, hard, man. Dude. I always tell people hardest job I've ever had. And people are like, will you still love touring? It's like, well, yeah. I wouldn't have been touring for the past 13 years if I didn't love it. Of course. But yeah. it is still like, you know, I, I treat touring way. I mean, most, our entire camp, the whole ice nine kills camp really takes touring and our, presence in our lives on the road very very seriously yeah same to where i like i party and drink way more when i'm home oh yeah i mean owning a bar is one thing as well but like you know i i'm the the amount that i that i you know put my body through on the road is way less than when i'm home i like take care of myself yeah and like 
take it very seriously, my job. Yeah. And when I'm home, I'm just like, yeah, fuck that's it. that's how it is, man. I mean, on the Super American run, it was like the one, the last one that I went on was the Hot Mulligan tour, which was a big tour, and it was like an anticipated tour for a while because it was supposed to happen in 2020. Uh, and Super American was the opening band, you know? Oh, thanks, buddy. Oh, you're welcome. I, it was going to be really embarrassing if I had to ask you to open another <laughs> beer for me. Founders All Day IPA, by the way, guys. There you go. Pat's just going to get us a sponsorship. <laughs> or we're going to uh, get a sponsorship from the Beer Keep. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'll keep that I'll keep that in mind, actually. I think that has to be the move. Like, I feel like, because this is a Buffalo podcast. It's right. not like having people from, you know. Right. So it's like Hello Fresh isn't gonna sponsor. Yeah, this thing. that's what I'm saying. I'm like, if I can get fucking like Oxford Pennant to like hook me up, you yeah. know what I mean? Or like, and I'll, I'll do it cheap, you know. I'll, I'll read some ads, whatever you got going yeah. on. I'll promote, you know. Yeah. I'll get anyway, you, I'll get you a beer keep copy to read. That would be so fire. <laughs> I love that. Shout out the beer keep, dude. I do love the beer keep, by the way. Thank you. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit. What were we just talking about before? Uh, we were there? talking about. Touring. Touring. Yeah, so on the Super American run, the, the Hot Mulligan, you know, they're the headliners. So it's a big tour, it's a, and it's a big deal for Super American. You yeah. Know, they're the opening band on the tour. Because Hot Mulligan is popped the fuck off. They did, and it's because the record they put out in literally March of 2020. Yeah. So, like, it was just timing, I think, for them, and, yeah. like, their social media presence, and it just fucking worked, dude. And those dudes grind, man. I mean, I scary for I, a band I, to put out a record in 2020 because Well, it was no, right before. there was no touring. Oh, oh, yeah. So, people had the unfortunate uh the unfortunate timing of putting yeah. out a record in january or february of 2020 right but then making the conscious decision to release a record in yeah. 2020 without being able to tour on it was like well they were holding decision. fully planning a tour in may yeah. and like you know remember when it first shut down we were like oh two weeks yeah we still we still we were had, we were all gonna be we're like oh yeah we'll be on the road in may yeah, we we reset the five finger death punch we were tour we were gonna do just rescheduled to a couple months later. Yeah. And we were like, we're definitely going to be on right. that. And in the back of our heads, we're like, there's no yep. way we're going to yep. do this. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember right up until like halfway through April. Then it got pushed back to the fall. Mm -hmm. And then it got pushed back a full year. Yeah, and, and then, then was, and then the people just were just like, it's canceled. Now. Right, right. It's not even going to happen. No, they fully, the Hot Mulligans were fully stayed they just kept just it a kept year and then right back and then it happened the the band the direct support band changed i know that because it was supposed to be heart attack man and it became prince daddy and the hyena which i became super fucking good friends with those that's my What's the band called prince daddy and the hyena oh bro they're fucking Muffle. sick love them dude their their record they just put out this year highly recommended sure very good i'm gonna have Corey on the pod uh next month but um I, I was gonna say my favorite part about tour is making friends yeah dude the Prince Daddy guys were fucking awesome I still talk to them all the time and it was just cause we spent every day together for five yeah. weeks you know what dude, I mean that's what it, happens it's the connections but, but I was gonna say especially van tours dude yeah oh those, yeah those are much more like Hot Mulligan had a bandwagon but the rest of us were, were van but bandwagons yeah. still go and, and hang, it's not a bus and yeah. park, in, park in Walmart parking lots right. right and that's where you hang out and yep. and you know steal food from Walmart's <laughs> yeah but that's where you bro down what I was gonna say is that you know Hot Mulligan you know obviously blew up is it became a huge tour sold out tour um Super American was the opening base they had a lot to prove right so it was like there was a lot of it was a lot of pressure you know what yeah. I mean? like we the, the guys were taking it super seriously and that you know in the van you know sometimes things were tight and it was a lot of long drives you know yeah. hot mulligan had a bandwagon and a driver. so they were driving over and a driver and they're driving overnight yeah. you know and so sometimes we had to make fucking you know yeah. eight nine hour drives you know so we're like we're sleeping for four hours and getting up and hitting the road again so it was like yeah it was tough man but it was like but it was all we're at the end it was like fuck yeah dude and like we the 
Um, second band on the tour, Sincere Engineer, had to drop out the last week because Deanna tested positive. Uh, so it was like, and then that, and then a few of us tested positive literally right after the last show. Yeah. So well, it was like we were supposed to have this like huge like celebration after because it was a five week tour or whatever. Yeah, and we just had to fucking head home. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but. But yeah, man, it is like we do, they do take it very seriously. I mean, Matt and Pat work out like every day yep. on the tour, you know, like, I mean, that's when the last tour is when I decided to go vegan because Pat Feely was vegan and I just wanted to give it. A, and my thing was like, I don't want to be eating shit. Yeah. This whole tour, you know, so I have a lot of people ask me how how hard is it to eat vegan on the road? I almost think it's easier. It is extremely easy to yeah be vegan on the road yeah um, shout out taco bell shout out taco bell i mean shout out like impossible whopper at burger king mm-hmm. no mayo no cheese all for it but also at the same time like it's so much easier to grocery shop when yeah. you're vegan because half the shit's not going to go bad right you know um and if you you know each one of us we used to have little coolers of our own we used to have food bins of our own yeah clients like in our trailer You'd have a cooler, you'd have a food bin, you'd grocery shop for yourself. And I wasn't vegan when I was in affiance, but, uh, you know, like luckily now our, like on our bus, when we have, um, you know, our rider come in or when we go grocery shopping for the, for the whole team, it's so, it's so easy to just go and have a bunch of vegan stuff on the bus at all times. Cause you're going to grocery stores, right? All grocery stores have, have vegan something. Stuff yeah. Follow yeah. your heart is in every yeah. morning stars. Do you know what I fucking love those? What are they? The Lenny and Larry? Is that what they're called? Oh, the yeah. cookies. Yeah. Those Bro. are great. Uh, those are the fucking best. Uh, vegan Rob's is a snack company that, okay. that Joe, the other vegan in ice nine, like gets snacks sent to him. Yeah. And he, just are all the ice nine guys vegan? Uh, no, just me and Rob, okay. me and Rob, me and Joe. Um, uh, but on the road, everybody will like if 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 one we kind of stopped doing just kind of like some insider stuff into touring, yeah. Um, especially at this level, is that you know you get a you would either get a per diem um, for food every day, right? Or, or you get catering, or you get catering. But right. if there's not catering, and especially when we buyout. when we got back on the road from um, from the pandemic, our tour manager didn't want any of us kind of leaving the campus and going out and doing our own things because we were taking COVID so seriously. Of course, yeah. As the headliner. Yeah. We were like, we are, we, we do I mean, not... you guys are probably at the level that you had runners though, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the beauty about it is that our tour manager, Dawn, would put together grocery lists and that happens. But for lunch and dinner, we would pick a restaurant and Dawn would just put in an order for all 14 people on the crew. And then a runner would go and pick it up and bring it back. So instead of all of us going out and doing our own thing right. and getting a per diem to go and be around other people, we could all stay at the venue or stay on the bus and not be exposed to as many people that we already are going to be. Yeah. Um, just to get our chances of somebody catching COVID down. So for dinner and lunch, she would just text us the restaurant. And a lot of the time she'd ask me or Joe, like, hey, do you want to find a good vegan restaurant in the area? And then everybody would just order from the vegan restaurant. Because oh, see, that's fire. Everybody's cool with just being like, I yeah. love good vegan food. So everybody in the band and everybody in the crew that's would just be down to do it. That is crazy to me is people who are not vegan think like I can't do it what is that shit yeah uh, dude it, it's, it's like bro it's fucking vegetables my father <laughs> my father is constantly like my dad dude he's up in arms thinking that me and my stepmom are like secretly feeding him fake is your meat. stepmom vegan 
She's vegetarian. Okay. She's been vegetarian like for 25 years. Oh, no like shit. That. Okay. But like w- during the whole quarantine when I, I lived with my dad and my stepmom for about four months and, you know, we we kind of got into this habit of like, we'll have dinner together every night. Like we haven't been in the house together all day anyways. We sit down at the dinner table and we'd watch the f- fuck show on the news and make fun of Trump and then, you know, eat eat spaghetti and either regular meatballs or vegan meatballs and my father would think that we were like switching the bowls and he was like are these the real ones yeah but first of all why does it fucking matter dude it's crazy it's such a strange thing it's not gonna kill you there's like this crazy there's this crazy like indoctrination of eating meat it's nuts dude (laughs) it's i find it so my dad is the same way dude because my dad teaches literally culinary arts and restaurant management so he like loves cooking yeah so I like when I became vegan, I started like cooking really good meals. And I had like, I mean, I was a line cook when I was yeah. a teenager. So like I, I knew the vegan I, cookbook and yeah, well, my girlfriend got me a, uh, for Christmas, got, I think it was Christmas. She got me a, this book called the vegan stoner cookbook. Yeah. And it's all like quick snacks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's great, dude. So like, that's what was my first introduction to it. So I just followed these recipes and then I got, um, the tasty app mm-hmm. and I go to the vegan section on there and just nice. make dude making, I found some guy on YouTube, this vegan chef on YouTube and I'm making like really good. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> And your dad's like, Fuck you. bro, you will not eat it. I'm like, dad, like he'll try it. And he'll be like, that's good. And I'm like, you want like a plate? And he's like, no, absolutely not. Yeah, No, I, I'm going to eat chicken. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, man. Yeah. I don't know why it's, it's like, it's like someone like thinks that I'm feeding them poison. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, dude, it's vegetables. You're gonna feel super good. It's fine, yeah. bro. And even if you don't, it's not gonna make you feel any worse than eating a like eating an Impossible Burger. Is not gonna yeah. make you feel any, any worse, worse than, than eating, eating a regular, regular hamburger. Yeah, yeah. I went to uh, after my uh, kickball game last week. I went to uh, Mighty, and I hadn't been to Mighty in a while, but I know they got Impossible the meat. Impossible stuff. It's good. So I hit the drive-through, and I see a menu item advertised as vegan. Yeah, and I don't remember what it was called, but it was like in the corner. It was like it's like the green eats burrito or something. Oh yeah, like that. that's the stuff that they had. Bef- that that was like their original, um, like vegan burrito. That yeah. wasn't. That, that's the only thing that they had on the menu that was quote unquote vegan before they. Sure. Had the yeah. It's, it's, so it's like refried beans, lettuce, tomato, onion, and you get a choice of jalapenos or banana peppers. Yeah. Like that was. Yeah. And yeah I was yeah. like, so I, and my thing was like, you know, I have chronic anxiety, so I roll up to the speaker and like uh, they're like, how do I help you? And I'm like, ah shit, and I just see vegan, like this big vegan sign, and I'm like, I'll get that, and uh, but then I so I dude, I order it, I get it with banana peppers, I add guac, and I get hot sauce. Five dollars, <laughs> five dollars, and the thing's huge. It's ginormous. Yeah, I eat it on my way to Good Bar because I went to Good Bar to do an open mic. I eat it um, on my way to Good Bar. Sure, your your uh, your mic smelled really good after. Yeah, you probably. Said. Yeah. No, the breath wasn't the part I was going to bring up. But what I was going to bring <laughs> up is that it was fucking delicious, and I felt fine. Yeah. Like you, like any yeah. experience I ever had before being vegan eating mighty was like you're this is a you're drunk oh yeah and you're gonna fucking feel yeah. like shit immediately i had you know? i had two impossible super mighties driving to the music video shoot on tuesday yeah and then played drums yeah fine they were great yeah dude that burrito was fire and i felt amazing after that was the that's the I'm thing sure if it's you like, got that burrito and added impossible meat to it it would be so good yeah i'm gonna do that next yeah time i think so yeah oh yeah with the refried beans? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing. We should do that right after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, dude, but that's the thing. Is like, I don't know. I just, I hit, let's see. 
it's July now, so I'm about nine months into being vegan. And I keep saying I want to hit a year and then maybe go just like no red meat, no dairy. Because yeah. that's like because I did it for like environmental purposes, right? Sure. Um, but my thing is like, but why, I, why would you need to go back? Like, well, if, so the reason want, being like, is do you that want to go back, or the reason it, being is that it's my environment around me. Is it's just like it's you know I have a huge family uh-huh. that does like big meals together all the time. So mm. it's like it's you know, and I'm always like, I, and I don't want to be difficult. You know, I already right. have anxiety. Like I don't. So I usually like eat before I go places or or whatever. Or like but, bring your, or like, bring, hey bring guys, aside, I, yeah. don't worry. I brought my own cheese. Right. I, don't right. Worry, right. I brought a pack of Morningstar chicky nuggies. Yeah. 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 Fire, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, but the, but you know what it is? The, uh, so I think that, right? Because of the environment around me. But then I go, like, literally last week, I went to the farmer's market at Bidwell. Yeah. And there's so many vegan vendors, like local vegan food members that make their own shit. Yeah. And I see that and I'm like, this is the stuff that makes me want to be vegan forever. Cause yeah. it's like the community of it is amazing. Well, we, this dude we literally, actually do a vegan community night at Beer Keep yo, once a month. I saw, I saw, I'm in the Western New York vegans page on Facebook and yeah. Corey posted it all the time yeah yeah so i've uh we're kind of going up in the ranks for as far as like vegan restaurants bro every time someone asking there was a dude who was like i just moved here i live in the elmwood village i my parents are vegan he was or something (laughs) which is like what yeah it's like what yeah so uh, your parents aren't afraid that you're poisoning them right 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 so he's like where can i take them and i my go-to is always beer keep and mr sizzles it's like those are the two yeah and those are the two that have kind of like topped the topped the old yeah. charts there um i did eat a very large meal from sunshine uh vegan i still haven't today. gone there i'm oh, the dude. worst fucking buffalo vegan ever oh. dude well i just had real, fry I mean, baby for the first time oh yeah this past weekend well i highly suggest sunshine they do the chicken wings that have the sugar cane I heard, stock in them I like heard, it's a yeah. bone oh man, i uh I for that. my so for my birthday this year because so my birthday is in march so march of 2020 Literally, my sure. birthday is March 16th. So Yeah, so you were three days into the world being shut down. It was one day. It yeah. was literally on my birthday that everything shut down. Yeah. So like, And I had a birthday planned for that, like a birthday dinner planned for that weekend to go to Mother's. And then it, you know, the world yeah. shut down. I never got to go. And then the next year, March of 2021, there was like a huge spike in cases. Right. And, and restaurants were fucked again. And like, so I couldn't do it. So it was like two years. I couldn't have a birthday dinner. <laughs> and birthday dinners with me. Technically, had, you're two years younger than you think you are. Right. Yeah. yeah because the birthday dinner is what yeah, makes yeah, you yeah. older. Yeah. No, birthday dinners with me are always a funny thing because um, my birthday is around St. Patrick's Day and I come from a super fucking Irish family. So what's funny is like all my, for a few years, there was this weird thing where like, Every single one of my brothers got a birthday dinner at Chef's. It was like a big thing. We all went to Chef's. So, it's... <laughs> I don't know why. It's just spaghetti, dog. Dude, I don't know. Yo, I don't even fuck with Chef's. But, like, it was just this... My, Yo, my, if you fuck with Chef's, yeah. fuck you. Yeah, for real. That's my stance, dude. Fuck Chef's. <laughs> well, also, my next-door neighbor, their aunt was, like, the GM of Chef's for a while, and they fired her on some bullshit. So, after that, I was like, Yo, I, I back Leanne forever. Uh... And no, I will not chefs. park in your parking lot that's across the street and walk across the street yeah. to get there. Nope. Um, and there's better Italian food out there. But anyway, for some True. reason, for a few years, my family was big on birthday dinners at chefs. That was their thing. And I never fucking got one because my birthday was always around St. Patrick's Day. And they were just like, we're just going to get a pizza because like we got other shit going on. Right. And you, you know, and you know, it's St. Patrick's Day. You can't go to an Italian restaurant on St. Patrick's. Day. Right. Yeah. So it was always like, listen, we're going to the Blackthorn anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> So it was like we we'll we'll tell you happy birthday when we get there, you know. So it was like that. My birthday was always an afterthought to St. Patrick's Day. So, 
I uh, so this year finally I was like, listen, I got two. I got robbed of a birthday for two fucking years, and I was <laughs> like, and I really wanted to go to a vegan restaurant, but like it was hard to get everybody on board. Like well, sure. I, so like because like all my brothers came out and like significant others and everything. So we settled on uh, somewhere that had options. Uh, what the fuck is that place called? Cafe Fifty Nine. Cafe Fifty Nine, bro. And I got those polenta, polenta. wings, dude. I Gasp. usually I usually get a polenta. Uh, instead of a chicken finger sub, a the polenta a sub, polenta sub. Yeah, yeah, bro, it's just yeah, gas. shit's fire. Yeah, yeah, dude, it, and it was awesome. But that, I'm still hoping one day. I'm like, dude, it's my guy. Like for my birthday, yeah. you won't go to a vegan restaurant. I don't with me? I get to make the decision? That's what I'm saying. And all I'm trying to do is prove to people that vegan food is delicious. Yeah, it's all. And I'm there's trying to tons do. of places that you can go, especially in Buffalo, that have. A good vegan and non-vegan yeah. option. Thin Man has a fantastic. Yo, I didn't even know Thin Man was like that. Yep. I went there for the the mint mojito pop up that yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah. And uh, originally, like they, so it was their first pop up. So they originally said they were gonna have like a, a vegan. Um, what's the little things that they make? Pastelitos. Yeah. So they were gonna have a vegan version, but like just because like it was their first pop up, they weren't ready. And they so do they, have that at. At Mint. At the new one, yes. The they point. have they the vegan pastelito. But the this pop-up, they like couldn't get it. Like They just didn't have them. Sure. So I had it, like, and I went, and I you know, was hungry. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to order. I'm sure Thin Man's got an Impossible Burger. So yeah. I go down to the hostess stand, and I was like, um, hey, can I see a menu? And she like hands it to me, and I just see like there's like an Impossible Burger yeah. or something. And I was like, uh, and I just happened to ask. I was like, is there anything on here that can be like made vegan? And she was like, oh, I'm vegan. Like the yeah, hostess was like, and course. she propped out a pen and was like, and was all this shit was oh, like, yeah. they, they can like, do like their full menu. As yeah, they'll do, it's crazy. they'll do incognito, like yeah. buffalo chicken wraps. They, they, oh, they were that's doing, what I had. Yep. I had that exact they, thing. It was fucking go. delicious. They yeah. did a, uh, like a vegan, uh, like a Euro bowl or a falafel bowl that I had. They do. They used to have like a, an impossible meatloaf sometimes. That's, yeah. that's really nice. Like there's all these places that I frequent, um, especially because like going to bars and like visiting people that I know through the service industry, which is like the only other thing that I'm part of besides the music industry. So yeah. like being part of the service industry now, like, you know, I get a certain amount of places that I frequent the most and most of them, you know, have a vegan option. And that's the places that I always tell people that are looking for a vegan place to go to. Yeah. Like, there's not many strictly right. Vegan not in the places. city, at least. Yeah, I mean, like there's sunshine is like one of the only places that is strictly 100 yeah. percent all vegan. And Have you been to uh, that good and evil place? No, but I almost I hear it's awesome. I almost it's, got ta- it. it's like North Tonawana yeah, or some shit. I almost got it today, uh, but I, I chose to have sunshine delivered instead. Um, and you know, when you think about it, like Beer Keep is 100 percent a vegan restaurant, yeah. Unless unless you put one of three meat products on right whatever you're getting is Corey vegan no okay no but 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 i mean he has been before yeah and he will eat vegan like all the time sure but you know every sauce every ingredient everything that we use everything that we do yeah. is vegan unless you get you know a, a actual beef patty on your garbage plate or an actual hot dog right or, or like actual wait wait chicken wait wait fingers. wait hold on the beer keep has vegan garbage plates yeah dog <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, dude. So I've only I only went I only ate at the beer keep once and it was uh earlier this year I just happened to like pop by. I was at Jackrabbit for something during the day um and just like popped in to grab food cuz I knew there was vegan food. and I think I just had the impossible sliders probably. Yeah. yeah um, so like the regular like there's a regular sliders 
Impossible and vegan sliders, sliders right, a regular right. hot dog, a vegan hot dog, yeah. regular chicken fingers, vegan chicken fingers, yeah. you know, a vegan stinger, a regular stinger. Yeah, I gotta like, get the vegan Even if you stinger. get the regular stinger, the blue cheese is vegan, the slaw oh, no is shit. vegan, the, the sauce, so- if, if you get, uh, uh, if you get a regular garbage plate, yeah. the meat sauce is vegan, the... Uh, baked beans are vegan. The macaroni no salad is vegan. All the ma- I love that bro. mayonnaise. So it's like a it's like a, a plant forward restaurant. Yeah, if it's, you will. it's yeah. It, what I like to say is that instead of a restaurant uh, uh, a restaurant having vegan options, we're a vegan restaurant that have regular options. I like that. Yeah, that's I've I've been since I started. Like I I mean I've kind of grown a passion now for making vegan food. Yeah, because it's so fucking interesting to me uh, that I like you know have this idea in the back of my mind that someday I would love to open like a vegan cafe of Dude, some sort. You it, know. It, it would and it would it would definitely we were uh, like Dan was a little my my other partner in the beer keep Dan how many people are in on the beer keep uh, technically we have five owners okay. four of which are in Buffalo um, one of which is in Beacon New York and his father um, Aaron Ketry is my partner and Earl Ketry is the owner of Pearl Street of Riverworks um, so he's like old like old time Buffalo like business owner. Um, and his son went to high school with Dan Hunter, um, who is the husband of Breezy, who owns Breezy Burrito Bar. Oh. So it's, it's them two. It's me, Corey Moscato, and Aaron Ketry. Um, and, you know, it, it was kind of like a when we were coming up with the concept for the menu and for food, you know, all of my concepts were very vegan forward or at least having a vegan option. And, you know, when we got our head chef, Will, uh, into kind of um, – hash out this menu with us everything just started turning into well we can just do every, instead of buying two different mayonnaise right just why make don't it we a just, vegan mayonnaise why don't we yeah. just buy vegan taste like, the fucking like, same why don't we just make everything vegan yeah. and then have non and everyone was like that could work yeah could, that could work we could do that yeah and so it's kind of that's what it kind of turned into and then you know having having it be a place where like now vegans come to the beer keep to eat. Right. It's just so, it's so cool. Dude, I, I that, feel so proud. My, <laughs> you should dude. because I mean, like I said, my favorite part of the vegan thing is a community of it. Yeah. Like I love, uh, I went to the farmer's market at Bidwell and this dude was selling like Buffalo made, uh, vegan burgers. And mm-hmm. he had like, but they, he had like lentil burgers, spinach burgers, black bean burgers, like all different types oh, yeah. of shit. Um, and so like I bought like a variety pack from him. Like I got a bunch of them. Uh, and he was like, are you vegetarian? I'm like, I'm vegan. And he was like, so stoked that I was (laughs) vegan. And then like, we talked about it for a while and I was like, dude, this is my favorite part. Like, and that's what I was telling him because vegans will be like, Oh, that's so cool. And then like, but like a non-vegan will be like, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I've got a stand up bit about being vegan, uh, where I say like, I'm like, when I, when I, decided to go vegan i thought people's reaction was either going to be like good for you or i don't give a shit yeah but the reaction was like you're gonna stop eating meat and dairy are you gonna chop your balls off too <laughs> you know because it's yes. like that's literally what it was like people get like angry dude. yeah there's this one there's a girl i know who like i mutuals with on instagram who literally like post shit talking <laughs> vegans all the time i'm like dog like just don't be vegan like yeah relax it's not that big of a deal dude it's crazy i saw, I saw a guy on tiktok say you know people say like hey you know do you miss meat do you miss dairy yeah and i usually I hate, just say i miss having friends oh okay <laughs> so i i saw a different one that says i miss people not asking me stupid questions <laughs> yeah yeah 
That one's best. That one's good. <laughs> but having, that is, I miss having things to do. Do you have an answer for that? Because people ask me that all the fucking time. Of like, what do you miss the most? Uh, yeah. I mean, I sure I miss eating chicken wings. I miss <laughs> number I, one answer every I time. Mean, Survey says chicken yeah, wings. And and again, it kind of goes back to a community type thing where do I miss physically right eating or do I miss wings? going to Kelly's Corner with my boys or do yeah. I miss going and sharing a fuck ton of wings with you know with your bros or with your father at yeah. Duff's and like right. do you miss the camaraderie that is how many fucking wings can we eat yeah. together I right. don't really miss do I miss having... barbell wings or do I miss the barbell experience right do I that miss one having, I know like, I miss weird, barbell like, wings do actually do I miss having like chicken tendons yeah. in my teeth no not so, really but you... like I miss having friends so barbell <laughs> if you, I don't know if you know this but barbell has the fried cauliflower oh and you can get it in barbell sauce ooh so that's probably I've been doing really that heavy nice. lately yeah yeah that sounds really good it's so good dude. <laughs> yeah it's so good like because I'm still getting the barbell experience. I'm going to barbell. Yeah. I'm still waiting fucking two hours to pay cash. And uh, But yeah, dude, but I'm getting the deep fried cauliflower and the medium sauce and it's fire. You know that I've done uh, even at a, like a Buffalo Wild Wings here and there, which is like a sacrilegious to go to. But yeah. Like on tour sometimes. Dude, I used to go to Buffalo Wild Wings all the fucking time. On tour sometimes when you're like. You Do they got impossible you... nugs? Uh, no. There, There's only a few things that are vegan on that menu. Um unfortunately they still fry everything in the same oil in yeah the, in like but it's like a, a beef, beef stock. i didn't yeah. know that which okay. is weird like just fucking change it yeah just do that's just how do mcdonald's vegetables. is mcdonald's yeah. does everything's except fried in a beef except in, in canada and in europe yeah yep so we doesn't mcdonald's in europe have like impossible burgers too uh they have a they have a um a vegan chicken sandwich that is Mind yeah, yeah, yeah. Like better have you had the KFC yet? No, I haven't. I've been me seeing and, that. Me and Joe look for it like every time that we're on tour and we were ordering like a late night meal. We we're always like look to see if the KFC. Yeah, has it it's now. usually Taco Bell. Yeah, or I'll do Domino's. I do the Domino's. Just no. I do right. I do Domino's. You got to do the thin crusts because mm. the thin crust is vegan and gluten free. I think. Yeah. Which usually go hand in hand. But the I do the me and Pat Feely on the supermarket tour would always do Domino's thin crust, no cheese. Mushrooms, onions, banana pepper, and it was, dude. It's great. It's just, so good. Just, it's, it's veggie, <laughs> it sounds insane. It's veggies on bread with with sauce. Yeah, it's amazing. It's great. Yeah, yeah. That's my shit, dude. Yeah, I, uh... yeah. So I don't know. I've been saying that, but then I go back. Like this, is, when I have a conversation with somebody else who is vegan, I'm like, yeah, I want to be vegan forever because I do love it. I feel amazing. Yeah, and there's really no my digestional health is nuts. There's really no reason for 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 for. I mean, I physically am vegan because of 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 digestion. Sure, issues I, sure. I i stopped being able to digest i lost whatever enzyme i yeah. need to digest an animal product um so i was it was like having food poisoning every time i would eat so that's how it got with dairy for me it, that, so i, I the made the switch that to, was the last thing i cut out i made the switch to non-dairy stuff a while ago yeah so that's when i when i was because i had been considering vegan forever so like when i had told people like they were like oh i can't do no cheese and i'm like that's i'm that's the least of my yeah. worries and, and it's also like super easy to I miss seafood to find you know follow your heart makes a really good sour cream mayo and yeah dude parmesan yeah. mozzarella and cheddar cheese yeah that it's like why i don't need i wouldn't ever need to go back to eating any of that stuff because i've found the alternatives the dairy that alternatives are, that are, are fire that are great and yeah. the, the meat alternatives are great now chicken might, alternatives are tough I, I, dude i love Incognito and Gardein chicken. Yeah. I, I like fake chicken more than I like fake beef. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. I, I like those bu- Morningstar Buffalo. I could eat Morningstar Buffalo chicken nuggets every day for the rest of my life. My girlfriend just texted me today. She was at Target and they had Buffalo cauliflower, frozen Buffalo oh, really? cauliflower wings. Yeah. Nice. For, uh, the Target brand. They're like yeah. good in good. Good and I want to say good fellow. I don't know if nope, that's true. Good fellow is the clothing brand. Okay, the men's clothing brand that's at Target. Oh, okay, but it's something like that. It's like the same font. Good, yeah. Good and something. Good, good and I plenty. don't know. It's fucking. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Um, but it is. Yeah, but I'm. I'm excited to choose the the Wegman's brand. Wegman's brand does. Uh, they got uh, vegan chicken nuggets. Oh yeah. In huge bags. Huge bags that are fire. Yeah. Yep. The Ben and Jerry's dairy free ice cream is the best. Fantastic. Yeah. I so I've been trying to stay away from a lot of the processed stuff in general. Sure. Like I've been trying to do like because no matter what that's it's still bad for you. Yeah. yeah. I'm not and I'm not out here being like oh it's better for you because it's vegan like right. no but it's there's not. there's still plenty of bad right. shit. So I've been trying vegan. to like when I make meals I'm trying to do more like uh you know the whole food. Food just like type kind of, of fresh, kind yeah, of all fresh ingredients, and I make like I'll just make huge portions and yeah. then just eat it you for like three days. At all? I love jackfruit. You know who makes a fantastic jackfruit banh mi? Free Street Tavern. Yo, so <laughs> when I first went to Free Buffalo's Street, Buffalo's new favorite bar. <laughs> I love Free Street. I gotta, I gotta, absolutely. I went there on my birthday, and the one bartender, um, I don't remember his fucking name. He's one of the owners. Um, you gotta help me out or no? You just gonna stare at me. <laughs> I know you know who I'm talking about. You're talking about Josh? Yeah, Josh. <laughs> so Josh, he's got like I don't know what he's doing, but he's making T-shirts in the yeah, back. He's he's got he's got a uh, press in the basement. So like if you go and you want a Free Street shirt and he doesn't have like the color made, he'll just go downstairs and get a color of the shirt yep. and print you uh, like a made. It's exactly order what Free happened. Shirt. So yep. I went there on my birthday after Cafe Fifty Nine, and I. Uh, I was just, you know, he knows I'm, I mean, anybody in the service industry just knows me as Danny's brother, which is fine by me. That was pretty much how anybody knew me for most of my life Uh, until I started playing in a band that people gave a shit about. And then it. And they're like, you're Danny's brother that plays music. Right. Well, no, then people started telling him you're Aiden's brother. And he, yeah. And then he hated that. He hated that. (laughs) He, that took a shot to his ego and he'll be the first one to tell you that. But. No, so like he knew I was Danny's brother, like whatever, and uh, he was wearing a shirt that said like uh, "Liberty for all except Nazis." Yeah, and I was like, "Yo, that is a fire shirt." And he's like, "You want one?" And I was like, "Down and printed." Yeah, and he just was like, "I'll be back." And he was then like ten minutes came back with his shirt, and I wear it all the time. Yeah, dude, that that place is awesome. I love Josh a lot. Free Street is sick. Wine Wednesdays, dude. Five dollar glasses of wine. So the thing was the when I first went there. They had taken their vegan stuff off the menu because they said it was like too hard to like keep it on because like they yeah. weren't selling enough of it or whatever. Yeah, that's definitely a thing where you have to you have to catch them on a day that they have right. the ingredients. Like that's what the dude. So my girlfriend messaged them on Instagram, and they were like, uh, "This is before I knew like my brother even hung out there. Like yeah. I just knew of this place, and I." Uh, you know, they told they're like, if you let us know ahead of time that you're yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, if I like, if if I knew that I was going to be there on a Wednesday or something, yeah. and texted Josh, like he would have jackfruit right. there so that whoever was there could make whatever. But, All right. Uh, well, I'll just text you when you're going. Yeah, just shoot me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is usually on a Wednesday. Perfect. That's yeah. It's the only time <laughs> I go just, is Wednesdays. It's just yeah. that your brother has been coming here to have pool parties on Wednesdays right. instead of going to free street. Right. That's right. usually where we'd be going. Dude, that's been the the Casa Azul staff. Uh, takes over my entire backyard while I'm working from home on yeah. Wednesday and I'm inside just and like I limp in I yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I crutch my way in and yeah yeah <laughs> it's funny as hell that oh man oh your um, brother's birthday was a uh, was a very fun time dude that was a very I mean Danny's birthday is always a good time I'm when sure. I mean there was like 60 people in your pool me, at one time yeah 
That definitely wasn't the most we've had, but yeah. it was in a long but it time. Was like a proper pool yeah. party yeah, it was for fire. like people over the age of thirty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was a good time, dude. Danny's birthday is always a good time because it's right around Fourth of July. You mm. know what I mean? So Fourth of July weekend, I know we're always having Danny's birthday, and Danny has all the friends in the world. You right? Know what I mean? It was so every. Like every I yeah. told everybody because we beer keep did like a little thing up in Canada for the fourth, and you know when I got up there, I saw you know uh, uh, Corey and and a couple people that like would have been at Danny's birthday. Yeah. Had, they would not be doing this. And it was just like, yeah, everyone was there. It was it sick. Was, it I was had a very good time. The entire service industry of Buffalo. Yeah. That, that our homies. Dude, it was about. funny. Like at one point it was like, you know, owner of Casa, owner of Beer Keep, owner of Ballyhoo. Yeah. yeah. And like, it was like, Everybody, yeah, it was, yeah it, was, and I was just, it was a fun time, right? And like my friends are there too, yeah. hanging out, right? And I'm just like telling them, I'm like, yeah. dude, that's the owner of this bar. That's Charlie's the, yeah. going down the fucking slide, yeah, yeah, jumping onto a dinosaur, yeah, you know, yeah. The floats were were good, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Tim Stevens was constantly just throwing them out of the pool. He's like, there's too much shit in here. Yeah, it's like like there's too much I shit love on Tim, me, <laughs> bro. I love Tim. He's the best. It's like, why are there so many floats in here? I was yeah. Like, I don't know, man. They're into their floats, dude. Yeah, no, that was a that was a Danny and Maddie. Actually, I think that was a Zena idea specifically. Um, <laughs> she loves a float. She does. Yeah, <laughs> Zena's a trip, oh, man. So I'm trying to came... get her on the podcast, but she told me she hates podcasts. Like oh, just the idea she, of that. Oh, I can, dude. I believe that 100. <laughs> She's so funny. They bro. came to uh, they came to Metal Night at Beer Keep last night, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. I didn't know Zena had come in, and I saw Maddie Kins and Danny getting out of their car and coming in, and I have a microphone because I I like D. DJ, I yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole night. He goes through the, the speakers and all the bar. And I see Maddie walk in and I see Maddie first. And then I know that your brother's coming in the door. Of course. Over the music go, Danny Licker, everybody. Number one bartender, bartender in, in Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Give it up. And just... Yeah, people just start clapping, and I don't even see him get past the wall. I just see him going back into the street yeah. and walking back to his car. Bro, what, I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you did that because he does that shit to me all the time. Where I'll walk into Casa and it's a packed restaurant, and yeah. he'll be like, "Yeah, Aiden's here," and like, dude, the clap, everybody right? And now you. the whole restaurant's just like, "Who the fuck is you? this guy?" And yeah. I'm like, "I'm nobody." Yeah. <laughs> and Zena pops her head around. She goes, "Why yeah. didn't you tell anybody I was here?" And right, I was like, "I right. didn't know you were here." And I turn on the microphone. Zena, Zena everybody, yeah. Zena's here. Yeah. yeah, that's funny, man. I love it. <laughs> just knew that I had just embarrassed him so bad. Yeah. Like that guy could get embarrassed about anything, right? You know he loves it. He does. Yeah, he was fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he always has been. Um, but yeah, um, the beer keep, man, you got all these different avenues of life. Yeah, it's fun. Similar to me. We're very, I think we're kind of similar in that way. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm just trying to do everything. My whole thing is like, my philosophy in life is like, I'm trying to do everything to get me out of working a desk job yeah. you know, that I currently work. So it's like, all right, yeah, I'll start a podcast and play in any band that anybody wants me to play in and tour manage wherever and yep. do stand up comedy. Cause it's like, I just am trying to find any avenue into being creative, entertaining, and just not have to fucking go to a desk job. Yeah. You know? I've, I've always just tried to keep myself, um, keep myself moving and keep myself going that whole like a object in motion will stay in motion kind of right. aspect I've, I've, I've put towards my life. Um, especially, you know, moving out, moving out of Buffalo at this at 18, as soon as I could and joining a touring band and, uh, wanting to keep that lifestyle for as long as possible. And then, you know, when, I was home from a tour 
you know, there was no way to not work. You had to work. So I was finding jobs that would, you know, literally keep my body going. I was painting houses. I was working in warehouses. I was working in factories. I was, um, you know, I got the the job at, at Kent. And then after Affiance had stopped touring and I was just working at Kent, I was like, this isn't enough. I don't like just this anymore. So then I started bar backing at Lockhouse Distillery and then got into service industry. And then I was working at Kent Custom from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. and then going to Lockhouse and bar backing from 7 p.m. till 2 a.m. I used to do that shit and all then, the like, time, living, like living these two lives again yeah. and just keeping it going and, 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 and staying in motion and not just sitting around and doing nothing. And, you know, now that I have a... <clears throat> a career in music that I can actually, you know, live off of, which is insane. I never, like, that's the goal. The goal is to be able to make enough money playing music to you where you don't have to go to work to where you don't have to work. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy to me that I have, I have signed a contract and I've been able to do that. Um, where you would, th you would never think that because I am still, picking up a shift bartending at the pink or at my bar every night. Or, you know, if they need me at Breezy to work again, I would be there in a heartbeat. Um, because I, I can't just sit still. Yeah. Because if I sit still, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking panic. Like, <laughs> well, well, welcome to the last four years of my life. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just constantly finding, finding other things or finding that thing that's going to keep, keep your either your your body going or keep yeah. your mind going and and just learning new things and starting new projects and yep. this and that's like whether or not they fail or not or whether or not they get thrown away after you've worked on them for two weeks and you're like you well it turns it. out yeah. i don't like this anymore right um this was a bad decision i just yeah. wasted a whole bunch of money buying all this gear that i don't fucking want yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that like it's it, well it's just because you had to do it and you right. had to find out whether or not it was going to be an avenue for our you. brains work very similarly yeah. my friend uh yeah, that's exactly how I feel about shit is just like, especially during the pandemic was just like, you know, when I was working from home was the big realization of like, oh, my job sucks. <laughs> it's like, it's like they make it, they make it seem nice by like, you know, they give you this nice office building with a desk and there's like all these events that they do all the time. But as soon as all that gets taken away and you just have the work to do, you're like, this is the fucking yeah. worst, bro. And so it's like, I need to find any way. So that's like when I came up with the idea for the podcast which, you know, it took me a long time to really overcome that hurdle of like starting it because it was just like there's just that it was like, why should the fuck should anybody care what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Sure. And it's a, it's another thing of like, doesn't everybody have a podcast? Exactly. And it's yep. like, yeah, everybody does have a yeah. podcast. You want to know why? Because people like to talk. Right. And people like to talk to other yeah. people. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? All right, cool. Maybe I'll start this thing and nobody will fucking care, but at least I fucking did it. Yeah. And as soon and as it was I an outlet, right at some point, exactly. Cause it was like, dude, everything's going crazy. And instead of maybe instead of listening to a super rich guy, tell you how he's, kind of fine maybe you <laughs> maybe you could sponsored by hello right, right right yeah maybe somebody who's in this, a similar boat to you are yeah and hearing them talk might be a little bit more uh attractive yeah, for you or, and, or and comfortable and, like. right yeah and so like i i remember when i put out the first episode the amount of people that checked it out and texted me and were like dude this is awesome yeah. and it was just like holy fuck like i should have done this forever ago you know yeah. what I mean? so it's like we, me and uh we had done me and t uh, you and Tommy, did Tommy, one, yeah? Tommy, we and, and and Steve Shiro, we had been doing podcasts for a long time, just putting them up on SoundCloud, and people would just listen when they wanted to, and it wasn't any big thing. 
you know, I, I paid to have all of the hosting uh, uh, space that we yeah, could possibly yeah. need. We have hundreds of hours of stuff still on, on SoundCloud that I still pay for to this day. Right. I still pay $17 a month yeah. to have all of these things on SoundCloud that we started doing. And, you know, it was just me and Tommy and Steve drinking, sitting around a laptop with a microphone. And yeah. Then, and then I eventually started doing stuff called the Mariner podcast where I was bringing on my friends and having right. one-on-one conversations. And Mariner, I nice. would have... I would have the other, I would have all of our other friends text me the questions that they wanted to ask. Oh, nice. So I would, I have it. I got to figure out, I, I should do something like that yeah, for sure. I mean, take the idea and yeah. run with it, dude, because that, it was fun. I've been I thinking would, of like, cause I have an email set up of like, you know, people should, I have people submit stuff of like, I would like to almost like, I always wanted to do almost like an advice column kind of sure. thing. Like, uh, Keith Buckley used to do that, um, for the, what the fuck was that newspaper? The hard times. No, no, Art oh, Voice. Oh, for Art Voice. I thought you meant the. <laughs> yeah, no, he used he to do hard times too. Time. Yeah, yeah. No, but Art he Voice. did like an advice column. I yeah. think for Art, and I, I like that shit. And I think, and you know, the thing is, like, with this is like a lot of people. When I talk about like, I get in, I get, I'm very open on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I talk about my mental health issues and like all that shit. So like, you know, people will reach out and like. You know, sometimes I feel weird about it. I'm like, ah, maybe I shouldn't put that out into the world. But then I'll have like one person reach out and be like, dude, I yeah. feel like that too. So it's like, you know, maybe I should open this up to be to be something more like that. But um, I mean, and dude, since this, I, I just love doing it. And um, I've kind of put all my eggs in one basket into yeah. this thing. And that's why I invested in all this well, new yeah, gear. Yeah, I mean, and, I was and it like, looks great. And you have like a really nice setup. Thanks, and like, man. It's, it's, it's something that. You know, I'm saying all of this just to reassure myself that I'm not making a dumb <laughs> and I, and, decision. And here, I, and I'm here to reassure you that Thank I think you. you're doing a great job. Yeah, thanks. And bro. that's coming from somebody that like tried, that loves podcasts, and tried yeah. to do podcasts, but didn't have the the money or the equipment to make it like as good well, as yeah. what. Yeah, I, I mean, this I started is, with just an SM58 that yep. I used for band practice yeah. and my webcam, and yeah. that was it. You know, like I said, um, we just we just had a laptop sitting on a on a table. That's all you and need. We would just be all you screaming need. in. Yeah, it. start with that, and then work your way up as a yeah. guy. You know, and what it was mean? fun. We, and we and we love like Tommy will text me sometimes and just be like, just listen to season three, episode eight for there some reason. Yeah. And like, do you remember this? And I was like, yeah. holy, like. Like that was a really cool way to document a lot of stupid shit that we were doing at the time. I dude, <laughs> first of all, shout out Tommy. The other day, I got my last haircut from Grace at Crown. Shout out Crown as well. Um, I've loved that place forever, uh, and it always I don't know just meant a lot to me that 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 crew just kind of welcomed me in out of nowhere. Yeah. I just like liked what they did and wanted to like support them. Uh, so, and that's like, I mean, Grace became really good friends from it. And, you know, me and Tommy became really close through that as well. Um, and it's a cool place that is just filled with people that are all awesome and, and just so, uh, tight together. It's it's such a tight knit, um, I've gotten drunk and very emotional with Grace before about it. I've just like, it's like. Um, you know, I was just like, I don't know my whole life. I've kind of just like struggled kind of fitting in, finding my place in the world. And every time I, I ever like was around that crew, like they always made me feel welcome. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just a really good place. And Grace and Tommy are just the best people. Uh, and my, I had my last haircut there last week and you know, I realized I'm cause I'm going on tour soon. There's going to be a lot of shit. I'm not literally, they're going to move to Nashville and I'm not going to see them. Yeah. I'm going to be in Nashville in October that I'm going to see them then. But it was like we kind of had the realization. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is kind of it for yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It. And dude, Tommy gave me the fucking best hug <laughs> that you've ever had that I've ever had from any hug. human being. Dude, he held on for so long. I almost started crying. It was crazy. <laughs> I'm sure he was. He probably was. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's what I love about Tommy, though. Is yep. like he's he's not afraid to be like this emotional no, guy, no. you know. And I I love that about him. He, I've shed I, many a tear with Tommy. Biden. He's the best, bro. <laughs> one of the one of the my favorite things, one of my favorite memories of you, I think it was after Ted the season, twenty nineteen maybe. Uh, that sounds about right. I had given you I you and I drove together to I think to the pink afterwards uh and we were it was a night that you it was like you me grace tommy and maybe a few other people and we were up till fucking like five in the morning you know and uh i remember having a super there's a, someone has a video grace maybe of like you and i talking at the table and tommy uh, at, like at, at their apartment at their apartment yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh and i think that was the first time you and i really like bonded together sure. you know like we i knew who you were but like you know and we had mutual friends but like that was the first night we really like connected and uh i remember you one of my favorite quotes and i tell people that you said this to me all the time i know you're so <laughs> nervous probably right now but you would like i think you like paid for like all my drinks at the pink baby or something like that and i was like bro what the fuck are you doing like you don't gotta and you said you go buddy Spend money like you have it. Yep. And I was like, yo. And now I am an extremely financially responsible person. Sure. But I'm I, not. <laughs> right. But the thing is, I loved hearing that, though, is I was like, yeah, fuck. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's something that my my stepfather and and uh, ultimately my mother um, kind of instilled in me was. Can't take it with you when you're dead. You know, yeah. And, and we would go on, you know, the vacations that, that my stepdad and my mom would bring us on. We, we weren't going to Disney World. We weren't going to Florida. We weren't going to Myrtle Beach. We we were going to Cooperstown, New York, and and going to the Baseball Hall of Fame and going to the lake and, and, and going to all of these, like, small mom-and-pop restaurants um, that, like, my stepdad and my mom loved. And, you know, when they retire, they will live in Cooperstown. Like, that's my stepdad wants that's to be the so mayor sick, of Cooperstown. Um, but we would stepdad's go and, a big baseball guy? Oh, yeah. We're yeah. all – it's a huge baseball family. And, you know, they want to be there – um, and, and I remember just going, going to restaurants and, and them like figuring out how much to tip a waitress and just like, like they both were in service industry tipping, tipping so much money way over. Yeah. Way yeah, over what you, them. way over what you would especially expect like a boomer to fucking, yeah, totally. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that's like kind of a stereotype of like an older generation is to not tip very well and and my parents were much of the uh of cut from a cloth that was um to to spend the money yeah and it's not like we had the money to spend but there's always going to be more money to get so you know even if i had six hundred dollars in my bank account when i was 24 25 years old and a sunday rolled around and we were going out to brunch i would still pay for brunch yeah. And I would still drop what ended up being 10% of my entire bank account on brunch for everybody because it, it just makes me, it just made me feel good. And that's, I, I yeah. spend the money because it makes me feel good. And it doesn't matter because next week I'll have another paycheck and, exactly. I'll, and I'll get over it. Yeah. But it feels yeah, nice dude, to do that. Money comes and goes forever. And that's, and it, dude, I, uh, the thing is, like, you told me that. And it's, I mean, it's been fucking three years since you told me that and I think about it all the time <laughs> think about it, but, but like uh, in ways of not like in selfishness and generosity yeah spend money like you have it like to take care of the people yeah ex- exactly you. and that's what I because fucking I'm not love, out dude. here because I've, I've never spent money on anything grandiose or like yeah I've never bought a new car I've right. never bought a house I've never spent money on something like that was of not 
much significance but was just to have or something like that like any money that i've ever spent that was like a great amount of money was for something that i needed or something that had to happen um and then other than that you know i spend money on 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 the times of the present you know yeah i'm spending money experience yeah i'm spending money in the present like if you if you if you gave me five hundred thousand dollars and told me you have to spend this in one day I still wouldn't go buy a car. I think that I would just go call and, all my friends and, and go, yo, let's have, go fucking hang out. Yeah. And yeah. just go and, 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 and drop thousands of dollars as a tip for people. And shit yeah. like that, like yeah. I'd be that dude that went to a waffle house and tipped, you know, a thousand dollars on a $20 tab or something like that. <clears throat> Cause that shit just means so much more to me. And yeah. It's just way more fun to me than yeah. to just like have something cool. Like, That's how I am, man. I've, I, I I've always been cool a very thing. generous tipper. I mean, I grew up in this. I mean, when I was a, you know, when I was born, like my dad managed an Applebee's and my mom, uh, was in x-ray school and was a waitress, you know? And then like my first job was a dishwasher and <laughs> then I was a, I was a line cook and, you know, and then I was a server and a bar back. So it's like, that's just kind of been my whole life. So it's yeah. like, yeah, but I like that. I mean, it's, it's a good monster to live by. Uh, and, uh, one that I, I think about often that you that's, me, I've you know. always, I've always taken any opportunity to make more money, but people are like, you know, what's your savings account look like? Or like, I don't do have want? one. Yeah, motherfucker. What am I saving up for? I tour nine months out of the year. And I'm so happy you can and I this li- fucking podcast. And I live thing. and I live in a mobile home with 13 other people. Yeah. Uh, what am I gonna save up for? Right. Like, cool. Like, yes, I have a savings account. It has some money in it, but my regular bank accounts are just on my day-to-day present living right now. Like, how can I how can I have fun? How can I make somebody else's life better? How can I like, you know, kind of give back to you know, how can I give back to all of the money, all the times that my mom and my dad gave me money as a kid when saying, they come dude. and they have dinner at the beer keep and they yeah. try to pay for something. I'm like, this is the business that I am a part owner of. You're not going to pay for dinner. Bro, I'm going to take care like, of it. Like, I know we're <laughs> sitting here in my parents' house right now and they let me live here for free, which I do not take for granted. But like, dog, like I, I like take care of everything on my own. You know what I mean? And like, I will like, yeah, I'm would the exact lo- same like, way, would bro. Love to, Cause there's such a large debt. That I yeah, still of course, have dude. to be paid to my mother and my That's father. That I would love to eventually like even yeah. take a take a fraction of that off. Right. But now being the adult that I am, that has access to you know the amount of money that I have that I can spend on other people. Yeah. And when I make the choice to spend it on my mother and my father, and they're like, "You didn't have to do that." Right. I'm like, "No, motherfucker, I do yeah. have to do this." Yeah. Like you bought me my first tour van. I don't know if Affiance ever yeah. even paid you back for that. Like, I think yeah. we probably still owe you thousands of dollars yeah. for that. Mom. Dude, I mean, like, yeah, just the, amount, dinner. just the amount of times that my parents fucking dropped me off and, you know, uh, at X Wheels yeah. in North Buffalo, you right. know what I mean? As a teenager and just driving me down there to to fucking go play a show to guess ain't cheap, people. dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I feel the exact same way. Uh, acts of kindness and, and showing gratitude and things like that is just like, yeah, it's the best way to live. I, yeah, it makes you feel good. Yeah, it, it it definitely it definitely is is something that I always look forward to when I come home. Uh, coming home from tour is definitely something where I spend like you know the first week that I get home from tour, not grocery shopping, not doing anything, but going to all of my friends' spots and going and yeah, visiting, and supporting their business, visit, yeah, visiting all my homies at bartend and all my homies at own bars yep. and going to each of their spots and being like, you know, I've been 
again, just like living living on the road and not really having to pay for much um, because everything's kind of taken care of in-house and I now can come home and, and spend money on my friends and, and, you know, and have fun while doing it. And it's like, that's, that's, I love doing that. Fuck yeah, dude. And most of those places have vegan options. So <laughs> <laughs> there it is. The perfect place to end the podcast. Patrick Galante. Thank you so much for coming on. I am your friend. Check him out. Uh, check out ice nine kills. Check out night rider. Uh, go to the beer keep pop in uh, once in a while. You might catch him there. Uh, DJing metal nights. Sure. Uh, is that every Wednesday? That is the first Wednesday. First of every Wednesday month. every yeah. month. Cool. Uh, there might be a comedy show starting. I'm, I'm trying to get a comedy show going. We're working. Patrick and I are going to get a comedy show started at the, the beer keep eventually. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Patrick, you're a guest I wanted to have on here for so long. And I'm so happy. Thank you for having me. I'm having very happy. Super grateful. Uh, and I'll talk to you soon, but what do we, do we shake hands? We can shake hands if you want to. <laughs> we, if anybody's just listening and if you made it this fucking far, <laughs> if you care, we, we shook just hands. shook hands. Yeah. All right. See ya. <laughs>
turn up that road. 